Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense. But we are ASAP Science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking all about protesting. We're going to be looking into the science of whether or not protesting is effective and also some interesting, amazing new technology that can evaluate how many people are actually going to these protests when we don't necessarily know the answer to that. It's going to be an interesting conversation. How's it going, Greg? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. How are you, hun? Um, <laughs> I I feel sort of good today. <laughs> I don't know. The sun is shining. Yeah. That's all we have these days <laughs> is the sun's energy. That's true. The sun's energy is nice. We definitely go into hibernation and vitamin D deficiency through the year. So it's very awesome to have the sun, even if you can just go out and 15 minutes a day but i feel like it's transferred really fast and like changed from being oh my god i wish it was summer to oh my god it's so hot <laughs> yeah today was really hot we were actually just at a protest wow yes. <laughs> and it was so hot and Boy. someone looked at my um pasty privileged white skin and was like <laughs> literally just sprayed me with sunscreen out of nowhere they asked first. They, they asked, asked it consent. was consensual and I, but they definitely were like that person needs it and even looking at my arm right now in this video because we filmed this for youtube it's mayonnaise. It's a mayonnaise arm. At this point is in the burnt? year, usually look at the, if I put, it doesn't my muscle look so Whoa, big. Yeah, like, like if you squish it. <laughs> I'm joking. Oh, wow. You've got great big muscles, Greg. They're um, amazing. Um, so um, all of that was to say, just I wanted someone out loud to say that I had big muscles. Okay, you've got big on. muscles. Your skin's not too pasty, and it is. That's what I, my point is. I think it is. I've been st- staying inside COVID times. Like, are you ha- are you happy at summer? Do you like summer? Y- yes, of course. I love summer. <laughs> deeply, deeply, deeply. I always want to make sure that we're like in Canada for the summer so we can be by lakes. Okay, Jeopardy, name that tune. What? Summer. Summer. High school musical. Su- okay. Two. Well, give the audience a chance, Greg. You could have you could have said <laughs> suh and I would have been like, this is the answer. Um that's high school musical too, right? Yeah. Because Did you, do you remember iPods used to have this feature where you could play a quiz and it would like start playing any random song and then you would get a list of four options and you would have to hit as fast as you could which that's song not was. true that's not real yeah i used to do that on my it was either like a early ipod touch or something like that whoa i love that that's what i want yeah now. and then it measured how fast it takes you so you have like x amount of time to get through say 10 questions or something like that and it was interesting because yeah you realize you can sometimes know a song by the first little beep of it high school that's a really funny one Summer. it's like yeah. high school. amazing amazing movies it's so. they, like are they though it's like we were so young and like <gasps> infatuated that I, i'm afraid no, they're to bad movies them. greg but they're good <laughs> i actually would think at, at the we time sp- i unironically was like this <laughs> is good especially the third when we went to the theater we were like 
definitely beyond the age gap that was going to the theater for that. But I thought it was a masterpiece and I still was, like, do. In my visual arts degree with like all these like kids who are like alt and hip. And I was like trying to convince <laughs> them that like it was art. Like I would like try and like use this my like. stand the test of time. Yeah. And now I'm just like there's there's no like I thought I was getting to them. And I was like there's no way I didn't leave those conversations. And they were like that guy's actually ridiculous. Like that is not <laughs> art. Anything with Zac Efron is probably not art. Okay. Oh, wow. Whoa, different episode. Different him. episode. Yeah, that's an episode for your other podcast. Can I speak uh, to the manager? Yeah, okay, plug. You should do one for Zac Efron. We Okay, yeah, we should. So my, my other um, podcast <laughs> Can is I called <laughs> Can I Speak to the Manager? We want Mitch to come on and he'll be on it soon. Yeah, they keep saying that, but I knock out the invite officially. Well, it's only ever when he's promoting it on our podcast. I wanted to do the used <laughs> and you said you weren't sure. So now we're back to square one. But the concept of the podcast, which you should listen to is that we take artists who in our opinion have you know fallen off a bit zach efron's a great example we go through why they're famous what went wrong and what we think they should do to come back so what should zach efron do to come back one thing is to like stop trying to be a youtuber okay <laughs> whoa oh, wow. and we do drag we drag us. we drag <laughs> drag us no well i mean i just mean like stop and every to be, like, celebrity a in YouTuber. quarantine <laughs> i know that's so funny we were talking to a celeb next week you'll find out soon because they want to have a youtube channel okay let's get into learning <laughs> So what I want to talk about is something we argued about yesterday a little Uh, bit because uh, it's about the perception of time. And I made it this TikTok that sort of went hashtag viral. And so there are two ways that humans, us humans, perceive time. So there's the ego moving perspective, which is that you see yourself moving forward through time. Or the time moving perspective where you're where you see yourself as still and as time flowing towards you, almost like as if you're standing in a stream and the time was the water like coming and flowing through you. Okay, but you should definitely give the example because I find those are hard to grasp until you have the example. Okay, so if I tell you that Wednesday's noon meeting has been pushed forward by two hours. Is it now at 2 p.m. or at 10 a.m.? I feel like the wording you just used actually biased the question. If I tell you that Wednesday's noon meeting has been pushed forward by two hours, is it now okay. to you at 2 p.m. or at 10 a.m.? I think it's at 2 p.m. And I think it's at 10 a.m. And I, I think you're crazy. I, I also think, though, pushed might have made it seem more like till two, but I think moved. Okay, okay. Moved is a more neutral moved. word. So it's actually when you read the studies, the two studies that are about this, it's about your concept of the word forward. Right. So like how so does moving a meeting forward, forward mean push like having it later or sooner yes. to now? So as myself, I see myself as moving forward through time. So I see myself as the ego moving perspective. So but when you someone, don't do think that conceptually. Yes. Oh, you actually see yourself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then whereas if you think it's 10 a.m., then you see you use the time moving perspective. You see yourself as still and as time moving through you. So is that how you see the world? Because I genuinely see myself as like moving forward. Okay, well, I need to argue some semantics quickly because if you move something forward, what would you say then? If Wait, like wouldn't you say let's move (laughs) that meeting later? No, no, this this is about the word forward. But what would you say to bring a meeting closer? Like you would say, can we move that earlier? Mm, Yeah, earlier. But 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 that's I guess, not but yeah. that's not the point. Forward, the point is what does forward mean to you in regards to time? Like you could use any other example, but you have to say forward because mm-hmm. that's the actual thing that makes you realize which of these two ways you perceive time. And 
everyone falls into different categories. And when we put it on TikTok, it was fascinating. Very to see. split. I, yeah. I genuinely was like, okay, well, this is maybe this is going to be embarrassing because everyone's going to say 2 p.m. Then everyone online was like, it's 10 a.m. How could you see 2 p.m.? Then people are like, what do you mean? How could you see 10 a.m.? It's like, <laughs> it's it's fascinating. And I, I, I mean, do you see time as something that moves flows through, through me you? versus me moving through it? I've never really thought about it. And when I watch and we've talked about it, I don't, I have to think about it a little more. I don't, that wasn't my instinct. I would think that I'm moving through time, but then maybe there is some construct in my brain where I actually do feel like the uh, time's kind of passing through me versus me passing well, through. Well, and I think it has a lot, to, like I love to plan. I love thinking about the future. Like I'm always looking forward to Saturday of this thing I'm doing at 2 p.m. And I see myself as like almost like getting there. Which, you know what I mean? Like, I almost think I'm like, how, where did the, I, I think it's fascinating research and the studies are so interesting. One study found that after you got off an airplane, you're more likely to have the ego moving perspective because you've just physically moved forward, like across a country that when people get off airplanes, they're more likely to say 2 p.m. than 10 a.m. Because they've literally moved forward physically for like the last four hours. Like there's there's so many weird ways that like your brain can like changed depending on the context and it really is one of those things that time is like from like physics perspective it's so wild that it's like a construct <laughs> like you know what i mean like it's so wild that time is a construct also another thing i've been thinking about is like if time's a construct then obviously so is gender <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> it's like of course gender is like, a construct if, we're, if we know time's a construct it's like yeah. our literal existence like, and comprehension of like <laughs> living yeah and it's like honey you're just a bunch of everything is a construct like, yeah gender is a construct well Anyways. that's really interesting i'm curious to know what everyone else says i imagine given the tiktok results it will be split as well but let us know i'm i'm, I'm really curious okay what did you learn Okay, mine's uh, a little complicated. Not really, but I just want to make sure I can mess it up. But basically, a previously unknown structure beneath and between the Earth's core and mantle has been discovered. Beneath and between the Earth's, Earth's core and mantle. Has so basically, in the Earth's core, they have discovered these blobs of hot, dense materials that curl around the Earth's core. Also, now, don't we not know that much? Like, this is, yeah, so because, okay, yeah. because it's like... This this particular like substance or core is around three thousand kilometers below the surface. So obviously we can't study it, and much of the Earth's core we can't like get access to study. And so they actually do most of the findings through earthquakes and seismologists. Because what happens is when there's an earthquake, the vibrations push through the Earth, and then because of different temperatures and different viscosities and different materials, those vibrations will travel and act differently. And so the seismology can measure and try and understand what the core looks like based off of those readings. Wow. Which is really it's cool. It's so cool to think that we don't know, like we can't see or have the technology to know exactly what's at the core. Of mm -hmm. and, and that we even really know anything at all about it. Like there are just so many smart people in the world. But basically these regions that they have found, they've realized there's a lots of them. So now they have a better idea of where they are. In the past, they did have some sense that these kind of ultra low density or what they call ultra low velocity regions exist. But now there's a lot more than they thought. Um, and so ultimately, yeah, they, the reason they have just discovered this is because they used an algorithm called the sequencer that is typically used on stars to calculate massive amounts of information. And typically with earthquakes, they can only look at one at a time. You get like one piece of data here and then another piece of data there. But they decided, let's use this sequencer. And they took 7,000 seismographs of different earthquakes of one specific frequency to study. 
And by doing that and putting it through the sequencer, it was able to analyze the data and help them get a totally new view of what the core of the earth would look like. But only, and like, so a specific layer that's in between the mantle and the, I wouldn't call it a layer, but I would call it like region. So they said the Marquesas, for example, has a big, what's that? Low, Marquesas is like a, like islands, like, oh, okay. yeah. And, and Hawaii, for example, like there's places that they've realized there's like these big clumps or blobs of this low velocity so like material that they think yeah low velocity so it's like yeah no moving as fast and they think it's made of what did i say magma or molten iron or something else they don't know but they know it behaves differently than the other molten rock that would be around it wow i was just reading about well three what did we learn this week's happening oh my god <laughs> i was just reading about how wait, we... wait let me let me finish up first oh sorry i thought that, that was okay. done no i have two more points so oh, sorry ultimately it will help them create a new high resolution map of the earth's interior which will allow provide insight into how plate tectonics shaped the planet millions of years ago. Okay. Millions. Very cool. Like well, just to have millions? an understanding now, if because we, we kind of know about plate tectonics, but if we have this new understanding of how the core behaves, it will give us a different understanding of how those things came to be. Like if they're ever going to be like, this planet collided with this planet, collided with this planet. I mean, like, I'm not going to pretend to know. I'm just going to say that's what... <laughs> the study said that's so funny <laughs> yeah like science communication there you go i'm not gonna no, 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 but there i'm go. just gonna tell you what they said <laughs> sorry what were you gonna say well i mean it's that's why i was curious about millions like hundreds of millions because 252 million years ago was the biggest the largest dying on this planet it was like 90 percent of marine life died and 70 percent of land life died from volcanoes there there were these like crazy siberian volcanoes that were caught, like spewing so much lap for 300 years these volcanoes were active that's like when you realize that your life is a blip you're like oh 300 <laughs> sorry sorry 300,000 years yeah, yeah i, I did i say 300 years you probably did but i heard even that that's like you know i mean that's like three of our <laughs> lifetimes but anyways maybe even four um 300,000 years these like volcanoes are spewing but they actually spewed out they realized again it reminded me of this looking at the layer of when this was 252 million years ago that it was like the they were spewing out so much mercury the mercury was coming out of these volcanoes with the lava which also like created the toxicity that killed so many more animals and i was just like you know, things seem bad right now with the pandemic, but like at least we don't have like <laughs> mercury spewing yeah, volcanoes. True. Like, but I mean, like knock on wood, okay? Like, there's a lot that's yet to come with climate change. I know, so. I, and and even just like sometimes I'm like, oh, and there's just like a couple of volcanoes that like if they go off, we're all doomed. <laughs> and I, I like, I hope not. Or I like also heard one. you say say the word L A V A again. L lava. Lava. What? I say lava. <laughs> La lava, tomato, lava, tomato. lava, lava, <laughs> la no, I think it is lava. lava, but like you can say it however you want. I just found that interesting. Is, it, is time moving forward or backwards? Who knows? Yeah, lava, yeah, lava, yeah. lava, labia. What? Uh, no, la anyway. lava, lava, okay. lava. Okay, let's move on. Let's get into the studies. Study time. Study time. Study time. All right, so today we are going to be talking about protesting from a scientific perspective, from obviously our perspective. You just in said scientifics as if. A British person would say Science. math. Scientifics, I think I, I messed up. We gotta go to scientifics class, don't we? <laughs> but uh, yeah, we obviously there are a lot of different protests happening all over the world uh, right now. Some for very just reasons, which we agree with, and some that have been silly over the last little bit. At least uh, in what our do you opinion. mean, Mitch? But like people protesting having to wear masks. That's what I mean, Greg. Okay, no, I, <laughs> wait, I was just trying to like clarify oh, I for the viewer. <laughs> 
I thought you were calling me out. I was like, wait, do you agree with those? No, no. I just wanted like, because someone listening could maybe not know what your opinion is. Obviously, you're like, I think Black Lives Matter. Yes, Black Lives Matter. I'm talking about the fact that there are millions of people around the world that are protesting for the civil rights of black people to not have to be afraid of dying at the hands of police. Um, But we're going to talk about a handful of things today. Do you want to do your study first or do you want me to start? Or do we want to talk a little more broadly first? Um, I mean... I can start, but yeah, we were just at a protest. What's we the la- I was going to say, like, what's the last protest? What's the first protest you ever went to? Oh. I mean, uh, that protest is an interesting word. Yeah. I, You're like, I, when I, I tweeted I, for the first time. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> I definitely didn't engage that much as a younger person. Like, I grew up in a smaller town and my family wasn't that politically engaged. So I feel like you have stories from when you were very young going to protest. Is that true? Um, I mean, maybe not very young, but I do remember, I do remember like viscerally my first protest because I was brought by my parents and it is an interesting thing that humans do that I, I, it's like a memory I have, you know what I mean? Like, I think it might've been grade six or seven when it was when teachers were striking against Mike Harris. If you're in Ontario, Mike Harris was a conservative premier of Ontario so and was trying to cut funding for teaching probably like put into police or something I'm kidding I shouldn't say that's (laughs) that's hyperbole but like was cutting institutions that my family thought were important like education hospitals things like that so I remember going and it was like very much in support of my teachers I remember seeing my teachers there which was also that visceral like oh there you are inside (laughs) school you know but I remember feeling so like moved or like I just felt really it's I think it's a really important thing to do with your kids you know what I mean I remember just feeling like very emotional feeling very like yeah okay if if I believe something or my parents believe something like you should show up for it and I think that's kind of like kind of leads into what my study is but I I don't know I guess like that was the one I went to when I was young but I can't like I can't think of like the first one I went to on my own accord. Like I was brought there by my parents. I'd love to talk about. I want you to do your study first, but when we come back after it, I want to talk about um, what you think about adults bringing young kids to protest in general. Like you kind of gave your opinion there, but I want to leave room to have that conversation. Is that cool? Huh, yeah. Oh my god. I, I feel like I'm definitely in the mirror and like pushing a stroller into a protest. <laughs> um, okay. So what um, I have been researching about for this podcast, which I think is fascinating is like the use of internet and algorithms. There you go. Talking about the like seismology you were learning about. How can we track how many people are at protests in order to effectively keep a historical record of the amount of people there, but also build like pathways to be like this many citizens showed up. Can we trace these numbers to ensure that they actually lead to action? So it's like, at first, when I was reading about this and the way that these algorithms are worked to actually sur- like I was thinking of like a surveillance state kind of energy that I was like, this seems sketchy. But then when I was reading it, it's like done by scholars and it's very much designed for the purpose of making sure that the people who are protesting are what they're saying becomes valid. And so... Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I guess they're I was, trying to validate the fact that there were X amount of people at a protest. Exactly. To and, say, wow, okay, this protest was actually huge. Sometimes these pictures may not do justice how you can compare this to this. And now we know this many people were at this protest and this many were at yeah, that. Yeah. And even just being, we were just. And historically, it's probably important to say literally millions or figuratively millions. You know exactly. What I mean? And I think the first thing you kind of do when you show up at a protest is take 
in how many people are there. Like mm-hmm. that's really what it's about. It's like we just went to like a sit-in for Black Lives Matter in Toronto. Uh, also, I would say it was for Black Lives Matter slash defunding the police slash abolishing the police. Like that's sort of like what people were talking about. And yeah, you show up and you go, oh, wow. Okay. So it's like two blocks that way. Like you start to feel the energy based on the amount of people. And I think it is really interesting that that could have happened and ended. And if someone wasn't keeping track of how many people were there, all of a sudden the sort of meaning of that protest can dissipate. Like it makes you realize like that is what we're doing. We're showing out. They say people showed up in numbers. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay. All these studies are really interesting to me. I get why these algorithms are important. But yeah, so protesting is so important because it's a way of for citizens to communicate views on key specific issues often overlooked by people in power. And and what they have also found before I get into like more details is that there have been way more protests since Donald Trump. Like I think that's a really important thing to realize like the fact that people are taking to the streets it's because they're feeling the need to get specific key issues across because this president, if we're speaking about North America is obviously doing things that the civilians of the country do not want, or if they don't want it, they need to make sure that they get their point across, that they have key issues that they need to be addressed, which I think is interesting. That Mm -hmm. is, I, I have looking back, it's like, the Women's March, March for Science, March for Our Lives, <laughs> Families Belong Together, National Student Walkouts, Global Climate Strikes. These have mm-hmm. all happened in the last four years since Trump's been elected. So wow. it yeah, makes you realize a- <laughs> that there is something going on. I mean, I, I totally agree. I think maybe even worldwide, though, it feels like like climate strikes and things are not just related to Trump. But America yeah. has a huge impact on the world. And so obviously, if America pulls out of certain climate agreements, oh my God, that yeah. impacts how, how the many- whole world sees and it destabilizes the ideas of countries working together yeah but I, I do think there's i definitely don't want to give trump a pass but i think the whole world has become a little destabilized it feels for sure but i think even with climate strikes like you're going to be more apt to get out and protest if your president is like pulling out of the paris climate accord and mm-hmm. defunding the epa it's like those things are he's right. he's treating climate- massive decisions that impact oh my huge god. impacts he's oh my god i can link oh i don't even want to talk about <laughs> i don't want to talk about trump so um, what they, what these algorithms do is they conglomerate, um, by literally just keywords. So say the word rally on a certain date, it, it scours the internet. It brings up all the photos of, let's say Los Angeles, uh, for, uh, black lives matter March. It'll take up all the photos. It'll kind of piece the photos together to get an idea of a geographic location. It'll using an algorithm sort of count the heads and then it'll give you a sort of estimate of how many people are there and then it goes into human review because sometimes like rally is like a weird word that like could mean something else that like it could have done some mistakes it goes through human review and then they come up with like very concise numbers for each protest and one example is called count love which you could like look up right now and you could go and find even your city and find out you know images and the amount of people who are actually there like the protest we just went to Tomorrow, hopefully, we could go on this algorithm and, and find uh, out how many people are there. Isn't that cool? cool? Yeah, I yeah. think that's really cool. And they're really finding that because of these amazing, incredible protests happening around Black Lives Matter, they're just like, the algorithm's just getting better. They're getting more research. Like, the, every time there's a protest, it's like helping this research to happen. And they're gathering uh, more information. And sometimes they will send people, like, 
feet on the ground to <laughs> interview and take like a case study to try and get an idea of like the types like of people context there. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Numbers are maybe only like give you so much perspective. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. Like, I mean, I always like shit on algorithms cause like sometimes like they can be like something that is like dangerous or worth critiquing. But in this sort of scenario, I'm like, okay, that's a cool use of, you know, yeah, data I mean, collection. I imagine algorithms were first designed and intended for data I mean, they really just are like collecting and analyzing data and that would have been done probably mostly for science. And then those kind of technologies bleed into or come even from like the military and stuff like that, but then start to bleed into like mainstream technology. And I wonder like if it was almost like this idea came out of when like Donald Trump was like, seven billion people were on the I know, was like, we are going to prove it. We need to figure out how to make sure. By the end of his term, we will know to the number how many are there. Okay, so I do want to ask you, and I know your answer is yes, you believe that parents can bring their kids to protest. And and I think on the surface, I totally agree. Um, Wait, yeah. What is the... What, the I what don't... Is the, I actually don't have anything you? against it until... And this is a hip, this is the hypocrite in me. Until I see it in kids who I think they're being brainwashed to say things they shouldn't. So when I see kids that are like with the Westboro Baptist Church who are like saying like god hates like gays and like when you see people who are on issues anti-climate change hmm. and you're like their kids are there and those kids aren't old enough to understand what's going on i mean maybe it doesn't matter but you see what i'm saying like i definitely yeah, like, think obviously at a protest that you minds, agree with you're like oh yeah I'm so in happy our minds it's here. like a wholesome thing right like we're fighting yeah. for the environment or we're fighting for black lives or we're fighting for justice in this world wholesome and I, and is I, a weird word i would say well i would imagine people believe those are justified things yeah and as a result think like i'm not brainwashing my kid i'm teaching them values but then every now and then i stop and think oh that's what the other side other side thinks too i know the other side's always different depending on what issue you're talking about but hmm. um i mean that's really interesting like i'm just trying to think like there there is a part of me that still thinks that it the actual act of protesting whether it is right. something Regardless, for the other learning side, yeah. they're learning a skill, which is that if you fundamentally believe something, you can, as a collective, mm -hmm. go out with people who are like-minded and have it be known to people in positions of power that you feel this way. You don't just have to sit back and wait for like a consensus bureau to right. come and ask you a question. What's your opinion on this? Like if you feel passionately enough about something, you can create action and visibly show other people you feel this way and maybe like plant a seed of do you agree with me do you not agree with me like i think that's really important i think we know we can't just leave things up to people in positions of power to make the right decisions for us as citizens so i think that what i would say is like i i still think it's a good idea to show and inspire your kid that maybe when they're young and say you are like, I'm trying to think of like, what is an example of a protest you don't agree with? Like when they were trying to be like, we need to open up the economy kind of thing. Like, well, sure. I mean, that one's one, but there's lots of people who protest against like progressive issues. Yeah. So let's say that it's like, like gay marriage. People protest against that. Okay. Yeah. So let's and say that it's like, you're a parent and you fundamentally believe that gay people shouldn't get married. I think taking your kid there you're still showing your kid that you're standing up for what you believe in and then as your kid grows up goes to school starts to form their own moral view of the world they at mm -hmm. least have that skill now and hopefully they learn that like okay. it's not good to be oppressive i think that's a really good answer like oh. i think yeah i think that's a really good answer. i i hadn't really 
thought that perspective because sometimes I think I get caught up in the emotion of it, but I do think that's a really responsible answer. And it is like we, it's, it, it is democracy. It's like, yes, people should be expressed, allowed to express their opinions and allowed to protest. And you're right. Learning that mechanism and that we do live in countries that are free enough. I mean, like right now, obviously this is debatable, especially in America. Oh, well, people that's listening in five years, like, ha, they thought they were free. No, I'm just kidding. I just, I'm kidding. I, well, we're going to get better. Even we're seeing protests that are getting, uh, violent because of police and because of the government saying like you can't actually be out here protesting even though they're peaceful but I mean you're right in general regardless a kid will end up forming their own views anyway right like we all Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Grew up with certain beliefs that were imparted from our parents. And some of those are probably hard to get rid of, but definitely I have grown as a human and changed my opinion from my parents anyway. And so you're right. Learning that protesting is an effective means to uh, share your mind, talk to the government and show like that uh, solidarity in numbers. I think that is an important lesson to learn. Oh, cool. Well, thank great you for answer. saying that. <laughs> oh my God. Well, it was a great question. Oh my God. Pat each other on the back. Um, so, okay. Before we, I'm going to go into my study next, but first we're going to do comment corner. But my study is about the effectiveness of protests. Ooh, I'm whether excited. Whether or not they work. Oh my God, I really hope they work. <laughs> I know. Com- Oops. Comment corner. Greg, I believe you have the comment corner this week. I think this one's nice because when, whenever I do what this person says they do to our podcast, I always it always makes me love the Oh, wow. I'm like not articulate. That didn't make any sense. Okay, so it's by H-S-P-I-S-M-E on iTunes, like Hispizme. <laughs> People's <laughs> iTunes names are so interesting. And How do you like, even get an iTunes name? It's like, do I have true. one? That's true. What is mine? Oh my god! <laughs> That's why everyone's weird. Like no one thought it would be a public thing. Probably like this one's Crystal Cookie Cat, just for laughs. Okay. Anyways, this person said, "I may be an easy laugh, lol, but these two kill me. I really enjoy their take on the world and how they mix research information with their discussion." And then the title is "Laughing While Walking Alone." People think I'm crazy, and I find oh, that I so- love that. Yeah, sometimes when I'm walking and listening to a podcast, when it really tickles me and I laugh out loud in public, I think. That's a nice sight for someone if they just see yeah. someone laughing like in the street. That mm-hmm. I it makes me feel really nice to think that someone might actually do that with our podcast. I think so too. Like I I I, I didn't grow up listening. I guess podcasts are more popular now. So it was only a none reason. of us grew up listening to podcasts, man. Well, and you're right. I guess like you the idea radio? of laughing in on your walk was not really like listening to something wasn't yeah. possible. So I feel like that even only started happening to me in the last couple of years. As I you know now I take the dog for a walk or I'm walking outside. I listen to a podcast and I. 
that only just started happening to me for the first time in maybe the last year where I was like, this is so funny. It's so funny. Usually I would be embarrassed to be laughing listening to something because you're in your own world and you feel okay yeah with that. and it's actually there are so some podcasts that i just find so funny that yeah it, it goes past the public shame like i'm a pretty reserved person so i always am aware like oh god people are watching me but then i am just like but i also, am i laughing feels so good and and what do you mean public shame like what a beautiful it's thing not, to see yeah. someone laughing i know it's just because i've grown up in like a reserved kind of like oh you don't want to like i don't know affect people around you or something like that but, well speaking of protesting <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why you weren't a protest that's interesting well i mean i grew up in a small town of napanee what's that grew up in a small town of napanee he's no i Oh, I stay. Um, no, I'm happy to protest uh, now. I just mean in that general, was, you are was, you are not always aware of your body. No, no, that's true. And there are times <laughs> when I'm like, you are offending people around you because you're too loud. Obviously, okay, that's I'm so the other mean. Two. No, like not all the time. And a lot of times it is beautiful because it's actually like you have this ability to be very authentic and just express your feelings or I don't know. That's a nice way of saying I'm loud. <laughs> you are. You are a loud person. And sometimes I can tell people are like, you're being loud. But then sometimes I can tell people being like, that's nice. Anyway, all that to say, that's such a nice comment. I'm so glad we could bring that for some people. Yeah. And just um, so you know, that song we randomly started singing was from Avril Lavigne's hit first <laughs> album. Let oh, go. you don't think everyone knew that after the first beat? I don't think everyone knew that. I think I'm, that joking. I'm joking. Oh, okay. Because I'm like, the fact that I'm obsessed with that lyric is something I think you've just like had picked to up. like picked up because I'm like, it's so, sh- her, her first album is incredible. Can I speak to the manager? My other podcast, yeah, we will get okay. into Avril Lavigne. Let's okay. move on. All right. We're back to protesting. So I found my study really interesting and I think you will too. And I think everyone will. Um, so there was an analysis that came out of economists at Harvard and Stockholm University, whether or not, oh, you know, it's are, real, you know, those it's are real some when smart it's... places, Sweden and Harvard. Yes. Okay. It's probably white AF, but it's smart. <laughs> but smart. Um, they were basically trying to figure out our protests successful at what they try to do. And so the main question was, can protests cause political change or are they actually just a symptom of things already changing? Right. So, Whoa. so the question is like, are people protesting because the world is already moving forward or are they protesting out or does the protest that... cause the change? Wait, 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 say that again. It almost sounds like the first thing we talked about <laughs> moving forward. It's a little, okay. So yeah, it's the question is do the, pro- does, does the act of the f- protest. So what we just went to said that was an isolated event. Right. Will that protest cause change or was it the result of change? I mean, that's maybe for like the Black Lives Matter, not obviously these are being protest to cause change, but maybe those protests wouldn't have happened 15 years ago because the public conscious wasn't ready to do that change and it hadn't already changed. Oh, okay. So I'll give you the answer, but then I'm going to give you the study, which I found so interesting because I was like studying something that I found interesting. Um, So what they found was that it uh, can cause change, but it's not because they send a signal to policymakers or, or the protests themselves cause people to change their minds. It is because protests politically and motivate and activate the people who are there. So being at a protest makes you more likely to become politically active and motivated. And as a result, that is where the success from protests so comes. That's so interesting because that goes back to what we were saying. It's like you should bring your kid to a protest. Because it's literally sure. saying that, like, it teaches that, you to it like teaches get you engaged, yeah. to make sure you vote. It teaches you to make sure you're a politically engaged totally. person. Huh. So, okay. So the way this study, I think this study took place in 2013, but it was looking at the Tea Party 
which is, for anyone who doesn't know, like an American party that formed after the 2008 crash. So they formed in 2009. Do we know why it's called that? So I laughed at this. Well, first of all, it's like, what a stupid name. The Tea Party. I guess it's based off of this idea that the British used to tax America for tea during like the American Revolution. And that was like in Hamilton, the musical, they talk about like getting their tea taxed. And it's like the idea that the government is overreaching even when people don't want them to be. Oh my God. Isn't it wild that we're still dealing with this same ideological concept? It's like, okay, that's so interesting. So they're, they're called the tea party to be like the government needs to get their hands out of our pockets. Yeah. I think, and I don't want to like over pretend I know a lot about the tea party, but I think their main platforms are like fighting against tax. I thought it was like an acronym, like tea, like terribly educated assholes or something like that. (laughs) Whoa. Did you just think of that? (laughs) I did just come out of my mouth, but like, I am like, I feel bad. I feel bad. Does that mean? Do people hate? No, the tea tea party is like, a, a very very right wing part like part of the republican party that mobilized really effectively which we're going to talk about okay so this they I, they only started existing in 2009 which i didn't yeah realize. no i, I read so it, that yeah. was because i guess their response to the government being irresponsible in their view caused maybe the recession right i don't know if that's yeah right. no i actually have read about that recently and yes it's because after the 2008 recession the need to bail out banks mm-hmm. like seemingly by like at the time would have been a democratic Barack Obama. I'm like, I'm like, don't say anything bad about Barack Obama, but interesting critique, mm. like he- hearing it now, it's like, okay. Like bailing it, up the banks. Was that the right decision? And that's a really way. like, like we all are talking about that even now during mm. COVID. It's like, it is awful to think about these people getting bailed out of these institutions yeah. and like getting when others are starving and dying. And like yes. Being, yeah. it, so it's like an interesting I think that it's important that we talk about this. Like that is something that we had issues with. Oh, the, totally. Like the, you and know what I mean? Do. The banking Even now, bailout. hearing that they're bailing out companies before individuals and and companies that maybe have like stockpiled on profits and what do you call? That's it? kind of an interesting thing to say right now. It's like, so where's the Tea Party at right now? You know what I mean? It's like we know that Donald Trump know. has like has like very much not regulated this money properly. That's gone to to bail out a bunch of rich companies that, that that's what the tea party came out of. So I mean, they should I assume, be talking about I assume that. there's other layers here. Cause I think the tea party is like a very, I don't want to speak out of turn. I think it's like a religious right movement. So, yes, so like but it's, it, but it's it founded did, on the idea of tax, but I'm sure it yeah. permeates other cultural ideals. But it did anyway, really come out of that recession. Sorry. Sure. Like the fact okay. that 2009 yeah. is the date that it started makes sense yeah. because they were mad. So, the Tea Party mobilized by creating a tax day protest on April 15th of 2009 across the country that were very successful. I think they brought out like 800,000 people or something like that. Whoa. I think that's across America. They estimated they would know better with your technology, but I think it said the estimate was like between 400,000 and 800,000 people protested on that day in America. Wow. And so what the study was able to do is that they realized that rain impacts how big a protest rain. is. Oh, but at least I'm protesting. So to study, they realized that the in in cities that there was rain, attendance was roughly 60% lower on average. So they started thinking, huh, this is a good chance to measure places that it was sunny have bigger protests. Will they have a bigger impact? Oh my God. Will will the number of people at a protest actually implicate the legislations, the the elections, the government that gets formed in those places? Um, And so these were the results. So places that had less rain had more people and 
at the end of the day, had substantially higher turnout for the Republican candidate in the 2010 congressional election. Specifically, every additional attendee at a tax day rally led to somewhere between 7 and 14 additional votes for the Republican in the next election. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That And it's all, it makes sense. You know what I mean? I'm like, that is such an interesting way to talk about it. It's like, if you are at that protest, you are going to be more politi- You are going to vote. Because you're engaged and you're hearing speeches and you're seeing people and yeah. you're feeling part of a movement. And, and also, it's like, imagine going to a protest also- and not voting after. <laughs> like, that's like, wow. That's, you know what True, I mean? But you could be brought to a protest. It kind of goes to show, like, yeah. if you can get inspired. Um, and it, because wow. it's saying, you know, it led to seven and 14 additional votes. So that probably means people are, and talk, the people at the protest go and talk to their friends and go and talk to people around them and are really impassioned by having been at the protest. And oh it's interesting God. that where it was more rainy, less people were probably spreading those messages. And so it wasn't as effective. This is really interesting because I, I think maybe it's okay. It's a variety of reasons, but I, um, we have gone to a lot of protests. I think protesting is really important, but I've never been able to explain why mm-hmm. I've never felt like I should drag anyone to a protest for some reason. I've really been very cautious being like friends. I'll be like, if anyone wants to go, I'm going, but I'm never like, you should come with me. Mm. Right. Because I, I don't know. Cause I, I don't know why. And, and, and yeah, this maybe is, it feels you don't want to overstep and force well, someone. I don't even know. I haven't even thought about it. It's just a reaction I've had as like a, as a primate and <laughs> it's just a thing I said and I, or didn't say mm. now because of that information, I'm like, I think I'm going to be a little bit more like, Come with I, me. Yeah. I need you to come with me. And I think it's different too when it is someone people you know and love and they trust you. It's not like you're trying to throw them into something they don't believe in. Most of the times they're yeah. protests that our friends and family like agree with, they're just not necessarily coming. But but I think that this is an interesting way of rallying action and saying, I want you to come with me because based on it will make studies, it, it's a way of us all making sure that when the time comes to actually do something that's necessary, for example, let's just use the, the literal concept of voting. When that voting day comes, you're more likely to make sure you get there and vote. You're more likely to go talk to your parents about you're going, it's going to create a political action within you. That's going to make the difference. So it's like, I think maybe sometimes people go, well, I don't know why I want to go. Like, I have my job. It's not really like worth it for me. Like, obviously I support the cause, but I'm not going to go to the protest. If you can be like, well, actually you coming, taking that hour or two out of your day to come is going to create this impact. It's actually going to make you be more politically engaged. It just takes two hours. Come with me. That's the reason. Mm-hmm. And then it maybe will allow them to go, oh, okay. Yeah, or even really- if you can just have the language around why you're convincing someone to come with you. I think that I think I'm going to use that because I do think that especially right now we are at a moment a moment in history where it's like if you aren't politically engaged it's a bit of a red flag right now because I think about I I can think of specific people in my life who are just kind of like almost the idea of like oh I don't want to I don't want to yeah yeah. and it's like oh it's too much well then you're actually relying on other people doing the work for you to be safe in your life like things are or you're obviously... already safe and you then you have the complacency because it actually doesn't affect you yeah and that's just kind yes, of selfish that's exactly it's like either it's selfish but also i just think it's like i don't think that i guess you're right that was never really a valid argument but i'm also just like can you not see how important it is that we have like mm-hmm. effective political institutions right now during a pandemic, during a civil rights movement, during an actual like time where 
if we don't address inequality, like we're screwed. I guess it comes down to climate change. I guess it comes down to all the things I think about all the time where I'm like, why are people not freaking out? But yeah, yeah. okay, okay. Whew, I'm um, no, I totally agree. I think it's a really, it changed, reading this study fully changed my perspective, not perspective, but I was just like, wow, this feels really powerful. It and is. it makes me want to, even this study made me want to be more politically active because you're like, wow, there's evidence to show that getting involved not even just for the reasons you would think that are like going and educating people and being impassioned. It's like it it actually leads to results, which I think That's maybe is also wow. a reason why people don't do it because they're like, oh, I totally support the cause, but they're not seeing the cause and effect. They're not seeing the chain of how the protest ultimately turns into change. Yeah. And so I think knowing and having this as a piece of sort of ammunition to say like, no, it actually does. You getting involved in politics and you even just going to protests and supporting and being a body there and then also being impacted by what's happening has a real effect. And it is interesting like just being at this like sit in this protest the signs like they go viral online and like you can still have the impact of seeing a sign just like on Twitter or whatever. But just being around seeing these people, seeing young people just like showing literally in a sentence what they think it's powerful like it makes you go yeah like it just i don't know how to describe it but i could see how even just bringing someone there who's not politically engaged just being around people humanizing this idea seeing people's signs see it's, it just like creates i i can imagine energy within a person that it is probably smart that you bring your politically non-engaged friends to a protest just to make them politically engaged. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really, I'll, I'll really wrap cool. it up by ultimately saying, so to reiterate, it's not actually the protest itself. So like the results aren't because of the protest. It's because of what they do to the people there. And they also realized that the larger the protest, the longer the impact lasted because they, they were trying to mm. test this hypothesis that, Oh, well, and if it, if it was about the moment, then it would fizzle out and you'd see like this differential between like it being really important at one moment and then actually never really not, not coming to fruition. But mm. if that moment was impacting politicians, it would then fade. Um, but what they found is the difference in political outcomes actually increased over time. So a larger turnout for the initial protest had lasting effects on voting, political contributions, ideology, and future participation in the Tea Party movement. Okay, so that's for that specific Yeah, segment. but obviously that, that would be wow. applicable likely to other protests as well. And yeah, it makes me want to be more politically engaged. I know we are, like we talk about it, but we aren't necessarily actively engaged in being physically engaged, if you know what I mean. Yeah, well then I'm happy. I'm glad you came to the protest with me. Me too. Yeah. And I think that also, um, I I'm so proud of the Black Lives Matter movement. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like it is just, it's I'm for the people who have persevered through like having to be compared to different, I don't know. I just feel like when it even happened in Toronto, the black lives matter movement uh, a few years ago held the pride parade in Toronto. That was very controversial. And I feel Wait, you like explain that better. It would held like they, so the, the parade was moving and I think there was a sit in to stop the parade yeah. as a moment to say, Hey, black lives matter. And also we, they had demands to remove the cops at the time Fucking from the parade. Incredible saying, protest. Yeah. But at the time people were like shitting on that. And like, not everyone, lots of people supported it. Well, this but, is an interesting conversation because, because I, I will say that this concept that you're talking about with protesting and even the one I'm talking about, like large gatherings, like we can picture them. I started to think just like near the end of you talking earlier was like, but there's different forms of protest, right? Like, like deciding collectively to not say shop on Amazon for a day 
that might actually have a more like that's a different thing than what you're talking about because that's still a form a form of protest it's a sure. form of like like using like economics mm-hmm. to stop something and you're not nece- I, I mean you're not like uh, conglomerating but you're but by participating and say it's just like not shopping for Amazon from from home doing that is still maybe going to make you more politically motivated in the future. So, Possibly. I actually don't know. Like, obviously, this study was yeah, just okay. looking at specifically that one day of protests and the result that came. Because that those those results could suggest other types of protests do the same thing, but because that Black Lives Matter protest was so effective, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, what what an incredible way to get your point across to have people to have people discuss intersectionality to one hundred percent allow people to understand within the queer community that like we are not all free, like this is not. Like why we can't all be celebrating yeah, yeah. In this way without acknowledging the people who are still abused and have to fear for the fact that who they are who they are and but my point is that that was that the reason that like definitely white gays like were like we know, i know people who were upset about that was because it was a different type of protest it was a very effective way to stop a celebration to get a lot of media attention to demand something in the moment Honestly, like that's so smart that I think that's separate from that study, right? Sure. Like that's not about a large group of people coming to like getting your friends out right. to join the movement to vote. It's actually a very effective way of thinking about how can you create a protest to actually create. Yeah, action. there's you're right. There's very there's many levels to protests being strategic and smaller groups being effective. And not, planting not, that planted such a seed. I, I just think yeah, to think of how far people have come to to know that we have many people in our lives, maybe not many, but people online we've seen that would have had problems with that sit in who now are probably like really shouting Black Lives Matter and understand more. I remember my and dad. And that's good. I think that is a it's nice to see. It, it, I remember it was come. like it was a discu- I remember it was a discussion. I remember my parents were in that parade. They were like, they were marching it, which is so funny. It's like, why was I watching it? My parents were in it. <laughs> but they were in that parade. Um, and I remember it was like, it stopped. Like people were confused why it had stopped. We were there. We mm-hmm. were at it. Mm-hmm. It was, people were confused why it had stopped. Like people were tired. Like there was all these things happening. People were getting cranky. Everyone was like, I just want to get day drunk or whatever. And I remember that like, because I'd said hi to my parents in the parade, they had like moved on. My dad loves Now Magazine, which is a very, like, left magazine in Toronto. And I remember him coming to our office and, like, putting the magazine down and, like, looking at me and being, like, I need you to know that, like, I am in support of the Black Lives Matter (laughs) protest at Pride. Like, but it was one of those moments where I think I bet, like, it was people had to figure out in that moment what they felt. For a lot of people, it was the first real encounter with that. Yeah, and he was in it. And I'm just saying, like, I, I, I never heard his opinion prior to him saying that, but maybe he was, like... Like, what's the hold up yeah. or like i don't know but i'm like even me i remember thinking okay i'm at pride i'm in a good mood this is happening and i had to like kind of just sit with it and go okay wait no this they're right this is what i think but then it is interesting to think that now we're all like well yeah do it. yeah like, like <laughs> looking it's like, back it's and it's crazy. not that long and so again proud of the black lives matter movement because they are trying they haven't changed their course and the fact that we are now during pride realizing and saying everyone's putting a black fist in front of their pride flags flags. is is like okay we have come tangibly in toronto a far way in three years and i just think like this movement is incredible and it is it is i know a really tough time for a lot of people and it's like horrible to see viscerally people of color and black people getting murdered by police. That's disgusting. And like, it's obviously a sad time, but I also think 
this is a lot like it's a net positive right now mm-hmm. for society i think i hope i say that all the time and then i go to bed and i'm like i hope i hope i hope i hope i, hope. <laughs> I think yeah i think it is I, I hope this is like a seed of for people who are out there who want to be politically active and motivated know that you're doing amazing work and if you're not yet go out there and just be part of something i think i feel more motivated i think the big struggle for a lot of people sometimes is not knowing where to start and i feel that sometimes like i want to be more engaged and a protest is a great way to be engaged because you know you don't have to organize it you can just show up and like lend your physical and learn like we got so many flyers we talk to people like you you start to go okay Mm -hmm. people are here to say help i think i would love to start exploring more like what are the next steps we're watching that show right now i can't even think of the name of it miss america miss america which is all about like the feminist movement and i find it really interesting because it's kind of an inside look at a movement and how they organize obviously it's not that detailed it's more of a drama to tell the story of these particular women's lives but I'm just like, how do, are there groups like that in Toronto? There yeah, definitely for are. sure. I know. And I'm like, how come I don't, I feel so disconnected. How do I find them? How do I get engaged with that? How do I have people help me to say, how can we use our platform or who we are to like start actual groups or be part of things and bring people to things? And I don't know. I've always, I mean, that is, that's, the, that's the next jump for me. Yeah. It's like, how do I, I, I'm ready and happy to You're right, protest, but how do I get to that step? Yeah. Cause I feel like what I do a lot is I'll research those things and then I'll just like give money. But then that's not going to make me necessarily more educated or that's not going to make me. That's maybe what made me complacent and not and dragging yeah, my friends to a protest. How are you? you yeah, know? Exactly. I think being part of a community and a group that has a mission and a goal and a strategy and fighting for human rights will make you feel empowered and make you feel like you're doing something good in the world. And so that's a commitment that I want to make is I want to figure out how to do that. I mean, obviously now during COVID, it's kind of a little harder. There's not so many groups getting together, but I think it's a good time to figure out how. Cool. Well, yeah, no, I think this is you just saying that inspired me. We're inspiring each other. We're, this is a very complimentary episode to each other. Oh, yeah. I love you. Well, I hope everyone else feels a little bit inspired because I know, I mean, we sit in a position of white privilege to be able to not have had to think about this for that long. Yeah. And just to not kind of, be so super politically engaged yeah. unless it came to certain LGBTQ issues. But even then we're in a progressive city like we've grown up in a very safe place. And I think I'm sure there are people who have obviously not been so lucky and might hear this and be like, you're so fucking lucky. But I just hope there are other people out there that find solace in the stuff we've been talking about and can be politically motivated and not just for their own self-interest. Like it's of course important that we fight for queer rights, but it's even more important that like we have queer allies and that we are black allies and we are allies for other people. Cause at the end of the day, like people, everyone deserves to be freaking equal and have equal opportunities. And I, and I would say even just, acutely as like a white gay from Toronto the main history of the history of white gay men in Toronto's oppression is through the police it's through the bathhouse raids it's through moments where we didn't feel safe because of over policing of ourselves and our lifestyle so I think that's something that I want to continue to speak to I'm I'm being general generalizing now but to other white gays of privilege who I sometimes have a hard time talking to about what's going on right now in regards to policing that that is a connection I made the other day when we were getting interviewed was like that was the struggle of the white gay man mm-hmm. it was bathhouse raids it was the way that the police were treating us not me obviously this is generations earlier so now to make that direct parallel to now it's like if a community is having 
issues with the police, that should make you as a gay white man think, okay, whoa, this is when it is my, it is my duty to stand up for these people against the police because that was exactly what was necessary for us. And that was the revolution that was needed. And then also the other thing is like the AIDS like epidemic is something that's so interesting because that is a virus that was like, was killing people gay men more than the rest of the population and we were screaming about it and we see what the who the virus is killing right now is like people who? of color and yeah. they're screaming about it so i'm just like there are these parallels mm -hmm. that if you are a white gay man gay rights, i'm just i'm gonna yeah. speak for myself then and you are choosing to ignore those issues that's really sad because it means that you are ignoring your own history mm -hmm. preach well, I always try and like not get too intense and then all of a sudden. I feel like right at the end. Okay, yeah, sorry. No, no, that's fine. I think you're passionate. And I think this is all, we're all learning and getting not excited, but impassioned and empowered by this stuff. So I think. I can't. Well, oh my God, next time we're interviewing <laughs> online kind, the drag queen who teaches math on TikTok. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so exciting. Um, thank you guys for listening. Hashtag side note podcast if you want to let us know what you think, or you can comment on the YouTube video for this. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.